the thing about us and our desires and our wants and our, I think that's my soul thing is if you're not in alignment and living according to strategy and authority, you're, the universe is going to match you with whatever chaos you're sending out there. Exactly. So when you're centered in alignment and like you say, following the truth, there is no shame in that. And you will see it working mm-hmm. right in front of your face. Right. Welcome to Wealthy and Aligned by Human Design, the podcast dedicated to helping you use human design in your business from the ground up. You have everything you need right now to start serving the world with immense value and get paid to do it. In this podcast, I teach you how. Now, let's get into the episode. So thank you for being here, Kelly. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast again. Thanks for having me. It's good to be back. What I wanted to talk about with you was the masculine and feminine energetic balance because I see such a trend in how we are using human design. Well, first of all, human design brought that up to me. Like there was a masculine and a feminine energetic. I didn't even realize that until I went all in on this design thing. And then when I started playing with it, with money, I was like, oh, well, this is fun. Money comes in when I'm feminine. <laughs> like I don't have to be the masculine. And then when I started working with my clients and seeing the same kind of thing happen, I was like, okay, this has to be something that's like part of my signature program, part of the thing that I teach. And I think my deepest work has been with you and watching you unfold this new layer of feminine energy that, I mean, I think the two of us go really great together because I'm like this fire and masculine part and you're like this feminine, flowy, that's naturally who you are. So I'd like to go into what your messages, you know, Kelly's a reflector. She's got this psychic intuitive gift. I'd like to start with that, your message from your, what this is, what this time is around the masculine and feminine energy. Right, right. Yes. So I think that you, the listeners are probably, probably noticing that we are hearing so much about masculine, feminine energy. It's almost kind of like a buzzword. You're, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm just hearing it everywhere. And I, it's not because it's some cute, fun little trend that we can kind of learn about. It is, it's very crucial actually. Mm. And what's happening is I think probably um, a couple years ago, maybe when about the pandemic started, I think globally we felt this shift for become from becoming primarily masculine dominant. So for the last hundreds, hundreds of years, it's been kind of this masculine dominant energy, and the feminine has kind of been. Um, you know, kind of shunned a little bit. And the universe is always trying to create harmony and balance. And so I think this is kind of a way, this pull towards uh, the feminine energy is kind of a way of correcting what we've had for hundreds of years where the, the masculine has been dominant. So the reason this matters so much is because what used to work 
is no longer going to work. So this kind of hustle, bustle, take charge, um, work, the more you work, the more abundance you create, that may have been great in the years past and it may have worked for you even, but it's not gonna work anymore. So even if you think, well, I've always been kind of masculine dominant and it's, it's gotten me a success and that's just who I am, I want you to question that because what used to work probably is not going to work anymore. Now we're going to have to really train our brains to learn how to embody the feminine in order to get abundance and success. Yeah. Okay. So all of that, I want to dissect all of that because I have felt this, it was since 2020. Like I've been in a lot of economic downturns like that. I can remember like 2008, um, 2009-ish. And then the, um, well, for me, the, the next one was 2020. And I was like, right. oh, shit's getting real right now. And what was funny was I was, I had, was already like, I was already in a rock bottom for years before 2020 hit. So I was like, where is my opportunity right now? Cause I feel this shift with the collective, like they are literally seeing what is going on right here. And I had this urgent feeling inside of me. Like I had connected with my higher self and she had said, women need to figure out money now, now. And I was like, I mean, I haven't even figured it out. (laughs) But when I just went one foot in front of the other and figured it out along with helping other people figure it out, like that's when I, I think my nervous system settled in and I went, okay, what I see energetically is what we're being called to is a higher level of consciousness a higher level of self-worth in our feminine, right? Because right. I, I, we can even just start the conversation around women moving into their feminine. There is a lot of, well, I think misinterpretation of what feminine is, you know, like, what does it mean? I just do nothing, right? Our all right, brain. Right. And, and what shame, am I lazy? Like when we were working together with it being a reflector and the, the non-sacral beings I work with, and I have to like, the work for them is stop, slow down. And that is traumatic for them to do that. So let's just start there. What are some ways that you leaned into your feminine even more when you discovered your design and connecting with your higher self? Right, right. Yeah. So even for me, who just I'm naturally my gift is to embody the feminine. So even but even for me, I had so much deconditioning to do deconditioning um, the, the shadows uh, that started, you know, in, in childhood from just the way I was raised, the community I grew up in. There was so much guilt and shame around um, like if you put yourself first. So like being selfish or um, just working really, you had to work hard in order to receive. And it was always kind of like this tit for tat, like I'll, you'll get stuff, but you've got to give me stuff first. So it was always just like a lot of giving, giving, giving. And so I had to kind of decondition all of those shadows. And I think um, probably, I mean, probably like 99% of women have those 
have those similar type shadows. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when we go into business and we try to be um, boss babes or, you know, hustle mentality. Um, And I I remember being like, I'm not doing it that way. Like, I know that's how everyone else is doing it, but I was that as a nurse and I'm no longer doing, I'm not available for that any longer. And that is, I believe deeply why I created so much success so quickly was because I had like boundaries around my time, boundaries around who could work with me, boundaries around who had access to me in my personal life. Like I allowed myself to go into the feminine and just allowed the universe to adapt to it. Like you bring me what I need, I'm going into my feminine. Um, Right. Okay. Tell me what is feminine energy? I think we need to dispel what it is and what it isn't. Yeah. I think that probably most of your audience is aware of kind of the obvious, what is feminine energy, where it's like this soft, flowy, creative, we kind of surrender and receive. And that's all very true. But what I'm finding is that there are some hidden things that define feminine energy that we're, we're kind of getting, we don't fully understand or we're kind of getting it wrong. And there's actually like three main ones that kind of came to mind before this podcast that I wanted to, to share. Um, the first one, the, the biggest misconception that I think is tripping women up is that feminine energy is not just this softness, like I said, it's also a very destructive, fiery, kind of powerful, raw energy. And when I say destructive, I mean a, a, an intentional and purposeful destruction. So just as feminine energy creates a life force, it also can represent like a, a death as well. Meaning if there's something happening in your life that's not serving you, that's not resonating with you, that doesn't um, feel in alignment, it needs to be destroyed. And I think women, when they start to feel that rage or that anger or that destruction in them, they tame it down because they've been taught that that's bad. It's, it's, it, you need to get rid of that. You can't show that. Shove it under the rug. Or you're crazy. Or, or you're a crazy bitch yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I may or may not have been called that. <laughs> Same here. Me too. <laughs> so um, we need to channel that destruction and that rage and anger and notice the beauty in it, notice the purpose behind it, and use it in that way. And along a side of that destruction, feminine energy is also an energy about truth. So she's demanding that you step in your truth, speak your truth, and destroy anything that isn't that. Isn't truth. Yeah, right, right. So in your relationships, you may feel like, oh, I I can't, I can't um, voice this rage and anger because I'll be called a like emotional, overly emotional, moody, bitchy, or maybe your partner will actually call you that. But actually, if you go into that rage and anger with an intention, with a purpose, with, with, with consciousness, it can serve as a barometer for what's not truth. And you may have a partner who, um, you know, like I said, just thinks you're overly emotional, but we, we have to kind of give our partners a, a little bit of grace too, because they just, they don't know what they don't know. If they understood 
they wouldn't be calling you this. If they understood the feminine energy, the, 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 um, the destruction, they would see it differently too. So I think it's important for even our partners to, to start understanding this. Yeah. I think it's a conversation that has to be have. I know Garrick is like so passionate about helping men understand the feminine because exactly what you're talking about was our life for this past year. And yeah. it was like, I would say January where he was like, okay, you know what? I'm noticing that you're a barometer for this yes. family. You're yes. a barometer for everything that's going right, wrong, could, could lead us astray. Like Danielle, it's so powerful to watch you. Like I, I get a little choked up thinking about it because yeah. in that moment I was like, thank you. He finally gets, you know, like, yes, that's what I am. But because, and you said this in your live, because I went into my feminine with my husband and just waited for him to step into his more and more into his masculine over the first part of our getting back together time. He found that in me. I didn't have to say, listen, guys, I'm a barometer for truth. Right. You right. know, yep. like People I was like, yeah, they'll automatically step into their masculine. Yeah. Talk more on that because you said that in that live, Kelly just did a live for our high frequency formula, uh, students. And I mean, literally t Kelly and I could not have timed this podcast better. <laughs> um, but you're all getting all of this information as it, as it came in for her and through me and through this live that she did this, this ability for the feminine to actually empower their men to step into their masculine even more talk on that. Right. Right. So I think, um, like, like with personal experience, when I would in, in my relationships, my romantic relationships, I would feel this rage and anger start to come up. And sometimes I would just kind of let it out. I would kind of raise my voice or I'd get really passionate about something. And what tends to happen is if the masculine doesn't, if your partner doesn't understand this work, what will tend to happen is they will get very defensive mm -hmm. and they, um, it'll kind of turn into an argument. But if um, either you kind of, if you consciously warn them ahead of time, like, hey, will you hold space for me just to let out some rage? Um, no, don't take it personal. Let this kind of be a, um, like you said, barometer for, for what's going on, our, our truth. And, and then as they start to understand that, they will naturally kind of start taking on the masculine role. And this will feel amazing to them. If they can understand, if they can consciously hold space for your anger and rage, they will be on a, almost like this high yeah. because they're just like, wow, I just did that. Hey, I'm interrupting the show to invite those of you who have a desire to work with me privately into an exclusive offer. I've opened up a select few spots for my community to come into the next round of the High Frequency Formula Mastermind. Now, this is the only time I've offered one-on-one, -on -one, lock arms with me type of support inside a high-level mastermind environment. We are building your high-ticket month blueprint and making decisions together in alignment with your genetic destiny to make this blueprint come to life. This is an intimate container, so spots are limited. We get started July 6th, so head to the link in the show notes and book your application call directly with me today. Now, back to the show. So sometimes um, it doesn't really even take much 
training on, on their, you know, they don't really have to learn a ton. As long as you're aware of it and can kind of communicate it, it just, they just kind of automatically will step into that. Yeah. And I think the reason they're, they could be receptive, the men can be receptive to this is if we are first aware ourselves. Yes. Like I realize I'm going into this display of passion. Yes. And I am cueing you all in. Here's my display of passion. Let's figure out how to, how to hold this while I, while I do this. And I think us being aware of our own nervous systems will build that bridge for them to be aware of their own. Like I did not force anything into Garrick's mouth. Like he's into this John Wyland. He's into David. I forget the name. Yes. He's into, um, G.S. Youngblood, like he's into all this stuff. I love it. And all I did was be me. Mm -hmm. All I did was just be me, right? And so let's talk about a little bit of the nitpicky and the naggy because I have been that wife. I was that wife where I was like, you're not doing it the way I want you to do it. I was nitpicky about naggy about everything. And Garrick describes it now as like, it was like, wah, 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 wah. Right, right. <laughs> and yes, so now I, he's like, I hear you in such a different way. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I think that is a common thing that we do as women is we'll find ourselves kind of bickering, nitpicking, kind of complaining to our to our spouses. And we'll beat ourselves. We'll feel guilty about it. We'll kind of beat ourselves up. And then our spouses will will make us feel bad for it. But actually, I think that we should give, almost kind of have compassion for ourselves because underneath like the, the nitpicking and the bickering and all of that, what it is, is it's, it's us kind of, it's kind of like this cry for help. Like I, I need somebody to, to um, just to be that masculine presence for me I don't know how to communicate it really. I, I, all I know is that I feel like bitching and whining, but it, like I said, it's really just us needing to um, feel that masculine energy come from our partner. So I think if we can give ourselves compassion and we understand the deeper meaning behind it, then we can start to work on it. And it's also to, the other thing too about kind of the nitpicking and the bickering is it's kind of a unhealthy way to leak our, our rage and anger. It's, it's kind of like more of a, a tamer way. We think maybe it's, it's a better way, but it really isn't. It would be better just to let it all out in an intentional way. But yeah, I see this a lot with women and, and the, we kind of have that stigma that we do that with our partners. But like I said, there's a deeper meaning behind it for sure. Yeah. I know with, um, and this was something I didn't realize, Garrick brought this to me. He said, you know, when you do that, what you're really saying is you don't feel safe. Right, exactly. And I was like, yeah, like I don't feel safe. But he brought that to me. It's like, you don't feel like, you don't feel like you didn't empty the dishwasher or you didn't whatever, right? You didn't, you didn't remember to call the person. Right you don't trust me to take care of what you need because ultimately calling the person means this to you. Right. Right. Well, that's impressive that he picked up. I think most men probably would be able to pick up on that, but, um, 
<laughs> the fact that he was able to look deeper is really impressive. But yeah, I mean, um, even if you if you don't have a partner that's able to really pick up on why you're behaving that way, just telling them, hey, I feel like the reason I'm kind of nitpicking and bickering at you is deep down, I just, yeah, I feel unsafe. And mm-hmm. um, it's kind of a way for you to open up with vulnerability. And I'm telling you, men love vulnerability. So if you open up and say that you're actually scared, they, I promise you, they will receive that so well. They will love that. Yeah. I mean, Kelly, it's been a year of me doing that. Like, okay, (laughs) a new level of vulnerability because I had done it all on my own. Right. And I was like, just carried by the universe. Like the universe was my partner. And I was like, this is fun. (laughs) And then my family comes back and I'm like, oh, wow, here we go. Because we cannot get away from all the crap we did as a family. Now we're having to look at one another and be like, we have to go through all of it together. Mm -hmm. So beautiful, right? It's like this, this energy of masculine and feminine in all of us is so beautiful. Like it, it makes me want to tear up just thinking of the, the power of family Right. I feel like that might be my next error of business is the power of family, but right, right. Yeah. yeah. Because you said something in your live, you said your partner wants to serve you. You yes. said, unless you're with the asshole, like a <laughs> downright asshole, your partner wants to serve you. They do. And like I just said, they, they don't know what they don't know. So they may come across as maybe pulling away from you or not helping out or, but I promise you, that's just a sign of their, their kind of lack of awareness and not knowing what they don't know. And if they understood some of this work that we're talking about, I promise like things would change for sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, deep down, cause they get ex- men or the masculine, they get extreme um, fulfillment from serving you. And that's where they feel most in alignment. So even though it doesn't seem that they want to, I promise they do. Yeah. And I've, here's the thing, like masculine and feminine energetics does not equal gender. It does no. not equal what you identify as. Right. It's, right. it's an energy. And, and this is what I say to everybody. Energetics do not care what you, how you feel about them. They don't care if you're offended by them. They literally are just there to work with. Like they're there. They're not going anywhere. Right. And I, I mean, I think this is such an important conversation to have because in human design, we are very aware that in 2027, there is this shift happening. Well, we aren't very far from that. And so what we're experiencing now is the way things used to work, guys, are not going to work anymore. And- I figured that out with my business. I figured that out in my life with my family. And then I brought in the formula to help everyone else do that. But imagine what you're creating right now that is going to be the thing that helps other people figure this out for themselves. Because you are ahead of the curve if you are already into human design and um, aligned with your soul's roadmap and all of that. Like you are ahead of the curve. Most of them, they're not there, but they will need you. They will right. need you. 
Right. Yep. Yep. This is a paradigm shift. Yeah. And I think like people like you and I, we're, we're on the cutting edge and everybody else is going to have to catch up. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it reminds me like, that's why I did that whole recession masterclass. By the time this airs, it, it will already be gone. Um, but I really feel called again to be like, women, listen up. Like, this is how we empower ourselves through economies, through pandemics, through whatever happens outside of you. This is how we do it as we lean into our feminine and we balance our masculine. It's not this all or nothing thing that the mind likes us to do. Like, well, how can I be a boss babe if I have to be in my feminine receiving? There is a balance in business and a balance. Right, right, exactly. Um, the kind of the, kind of along those lines, and the next thing I was going to bring up about what women don't understand about feminine energy is that feminine energy is the magnetic energy. So, like receiving magnetic, and so I think we kind of miss that part, and so we really can't be our most magnetic selves unless we unless we have this embody this and. It's almost kind of, we can start to almost take, it's going to be so hard to train our brains, but we almost have to take on this. If I just exist, because feminine, feminine energy is just like being, existing. It's, we can, it's almost like, why should we work so much if we can create magnetism by just being and existing? So I like to use the phrase, um, being is doing. So like being, oh, yeah. just being, it, being present is doing something. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it that way. You said the key word, being present. Yeah. 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 So it's not so, just, I'm lazy on the couch, not doing anything, watching Netflix. It's I'm actively being present. Yes. Yep. And that is what we, it's, it sounds very, um, simple. Well, it is simple. It's just not easy for yes. us to, to do. Yeah. That's, I mean, that is it. Mm-hmm. That is it. And try it yourself. Like just try being present more often throughout your day and see what the universe brings you to support you in being present throughout your day. Right. Right. And along those lines, so there's, there's some, um, a, a lot of women that I talk to will describe to me how uncomfortable it is for them to be present. It's almost like it's too much, it's too uncomfortable. So they'll start having to distract themselves and do a bunch, start doing a bunch of work. And what if, so if that's you, if that resonates with you, what I suggest is in that place of discomfort, that's your answer or or that's your, that's where your work lies. So lean into that. That's your clue. That's your answer. Why is it so uncomfortable? Stay with it. Breathe through it because that's the shadow that you need to transmute. Yeah. Yeah, that is huge, especially, and I know everyone listening is just like this. Like you're highly successful. You're a high achiever. You know, you get shit done. You know how to make your life work. And yet now you're being called to a higher level of surrender. Right. Right. I mean, and that is, my pearl is detachment. 
And that is the freaking bane of my existence because I have this, uh, this will, this defined will, and I desire and I have passion. I have this legacy work and I have blah. And then detach. Just right. detach. <laughs> and it's easier said than done to actually do that. And so it's, it's almost becomes a practice. You almost have to just, like I said, breathe through it and lean into it and and yeah, just it almost has to become like a daily practice, I think. It is a daily practice. That's yeah. where the paid method was born. It was like, this is what I have to do freaking daily as I have to give myself permission. I have to take some action I don't want to take, like stop. Mm-hmm. I have to do some inner child stuff. I have to, you know, embrace forgiveness for who I am and who I have been and the misunderstanding that being in the feminine is powerful. Right. right? I was listening to this podcast the other day and it was like, feminine to me means weak, vulnerable, um, like loss of power, um, lazy, all of these things. And I was like, that's how I used to feel about it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever felt anything about that with feminine or have you just always sat with, no, this is my power? No, I, I definitely, and I think it's because of society's conditioning that we kind of have this mind, you know, like this negative kind of stigma around it. And it's just so false. And it's that stigma that is keeping us from, from really like using, using it to our, our advantage or to our power. So yeah, I, I definitely, i yeah. <laughs> Struggled with it. Yeah. 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 Well, you do. I mean, I know you have the reflector on your side, that whole, this is who I am aura. Um, but you really do, uh, embrace it beautifully. That's why I wanted you to come on. Okay. Yeah. Let's go to the, let's go to the Venus sequence. Okay. I heard you call it the love codes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Cause it's like, okay, we have the wealth codes. We have the love codes. This is how you open everything up. And it truly starts with you. Right. Where do you suggest somebody start in the Venus sequence? Yeah. So I, the, the, the beautiful thing about the Venus sequence is it's, um, it's laid out for you so nicely in kind of a sequence type order so that it's kind of designed for you to work at, to work, to work through it sequentially. So I, there's really no right or wrong, wrong way to do it, but just starting with the very first code, which I believe is the sphere of purpose yeah, and just really, really um, learning about the whole purpose of, of why you are in relationships and just starting there and kind of working through the whole, the sequence. And that's yeah. the beautiful thing is that it's all laid out for you. And it takes a lot of the guesswork out of um, kind of uncovering all of those shadows. It's kind of almost kind of gives you the answer. Yeah. Shadows you need to uncover. Yeah. It's literally a code. It's literally a code. I mean, I, um, so my purpose is 14, which is uh, competence versus compromise. So shadows, I know you you and I have the same kind of stuff going on in our codes. And literally anytime I compromise anything, I regret it almost instantly. Like shit shows up in my life and I'm like, "Mm, yeah. 
So that shadow for me, it's a, I mean, all of them, all of them are a continual thing. Like when you're on the path of alignment, when you are serious about it, you start noticing the shadow in every effing thing that you're doing. Right. And it get that's the work is like, oh damn, there it is again. Mm-hmm. Now in order, because the city here is bounteousness. Yeah. <laughs> so my purpose is to be in so much wealth and abundance and right. prosperity and bounteousness in everything. Right. So stop effing compromising on anything, Danielle. Mm-hmm. What what a part of the Venus sequence have you had to do most of your work on? Well, yeah. So mine similarly is that sphere of, of, of purpose or that code of um, purpose. For me, it's the 30th gene key, which is desire versus lightness. And that's, I mean, just like answers so many questions that I've had throughout my entire life is I've just been so focused on trying to um, like fulfill my desires, whether that be mm. sexual things or financial or money or whatever. Like I need to find a partner so that I can like get rid of this desire. And ironically, that's the thing that keeps you and the desire <laughs> will never go away. So if you can just kind of let the desire be there, that's when you transmute that into just lightness. And so for me, that's been, that's been my biggest work. And well, so I have 30 I'm looking at my chart. Where does it sit in evolution? So it actually sits in my incarnation cross. But I'm telling you, this desire shadow is something else. And when you look back on the past of your life, you're like, oh, shit. I see where that shadow, as Venice says, has been playing games and running the show (laughs) of everything behind the scenes. And then it's – but you know what, Kelly? You said something I think – a lot of people need to hear. I better find the man to take care of the desire I have for financial security, blah, blah, blah. I cannot tell you how many women I have worked with or gotten on application calls with where that is their thing. How do I do that? How do I do that? And what you found out, which is what you help everyone with, is how to do that. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. It just comes very easy for me. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I remember when I was brand new doing this, I was like, I mean, if that's your soul's desire, like there is no shame in that, you know, like Mm -hmm. for me that, that was, that was not like my soul was not like a man needs to come take care of me. For me, it was like, I can't trust another man. Like I've got to figure this out on my own. And of course, when I did, the man showed up, the whole family showed up, right? But right. for some women, Kelly, that is the soul is dying for that to happen. What do you think would be like a first step for someone? To really, to attract, I used to attract like a man that can really take care of. If that is your soul's desire, maybe I'll word the question differently. Yeah. Because what's coming to me right now is the paid method. <laughs> Yeah. Like first give yourself freaking permission that mm-hmm. that's really what you want. I mean, I think you first have to go down deep and be like, is this what my soul is longing for? But right. I mean, what would you say to somebody who's like, I think that's what my soul is longing for? Right. I think you had, you hit the nail on the head. I think you have to just be honest and there, there's never, there's never it, anything wrong 
with truth. So if your truth is that's what you want, don't make yourself wrong for that and embrace it. That's the first step. And then I think just um, doing kind of um, kind of magnetic type work where you have to be, you know, see to believe it, look at other examples out there of where women have attracted those kind of men, um, you know, kind of take action in that direction and just live, you know, live your truth. I think it will just kind of happen naturally as long as you, you know, just kind of stay in that. Yeah. I think it's an alignment journey, mm -hmm. right? Like the thing about us and our desires and our wants and our, I think that's my soul thing is if you're not in alignment and living according to strategy and authority, you're, the universe is going to match you with whatever chaos you're sending out there. Exactly. So when you're centered in alignment and like you say, following the truth, there is no shame in that. And you will see it working mm -hmm. right in front of your face. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, and I think um, that's the, th the mistake that a lot of women make is that they don't believe that it's possible. So they'll end up settling for partners that aren't fulfilling that need for them or they don't know how to set the proper boundaries. I mean, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. But really, really um, up-leveling your self-worth, setting the proper boundaries, not settling those are all key things for sure. I mean, we could do a whole another podcast on that. We probably should. Mm -hmm. And boundaries are, yeah. Yeah. Because that is, I remember when I, and we'll close our podcast. I know we were talking forever, but <laughs> when I figured out the boundary thing, I was like, oh, there's another key. There's another code. And literally, I put boundaries on my shadows. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, not today, shadow. That's not how we're doing this life right now. But it's yep. so powerful. Kelly, yes. I'm so grateful that you came back on yeah. the, the show. I want to have you back on for to go deeper because you really have been um, it, it's such a beautiful example of how being in the feminine is the most magnetic thing you can do. And you do it naturally. You do it with grace. You don't force it. You know, it's it's you're not like holding yourself to this standard of like, if I don't, then now I'm mean to myself. Like really you have a gift to share with the world. That's why I had you on the podcast. And I think everyone listening to this needs to connect with Kelly and find out how you can use the love codes for yourself. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. And one thing I want to add is what, what I've come to realize is if you're going to um, hire like a teacher or a mentor or a coach, they have to embody what they teach because embodiment in itself has an energetic. So if you have a mentor or a coach, even if they know all the information and they just kind of regurgitate it to you, the energetics are going to be in a way that you can't um, receive it. So I wanted to add that because it's so important to find somebody to help you that actually embodies it. Somebody like Danielle and I, we, we embody what we teach. Yeah. And there's, there's a whole energetic in that. So, yeah, that is another thing you point out that is so key. And again, I, cause I talk to a lot of people they're like, I'm not really sure why it didn't work <laughs> out with this other coach or this other yeah. program. And that is the work of the formula is you have to embody who you are and who you market to the world. That's a whole nother podcast, but you guys yes. have 
all my podcasts on the formula. That is literally what I'm talking about. But Kelly is the example of embodying the love codes. So thanks so much, Kelly. Thank you. 